1: this is new york game day presented by sansone auto discover for yourself the s in sansone savings sansone dodge jeep ram route one in woodbridge or SansoneJeep.net. play mohegan your favorite casino games are now in the palm of your hand visit mohegansuncasino.com must be 21 or older to play and by corona an official cerveza of the new york jets
2: Welcome in. It is New York game day here on 98.7 ESPN. Weather outside is frightful, but today should be delightful. That's right. It is. I I don't know. I just made that up. I know cheesy. It's cheesy. Come on. You guys can make fun of me. Mike Tannenbaum and Imani Toomer joining us now on New York game day. I know big cheese to start the show. Sorry. Not sorry.
3: Good morning. Good morning.
2: Good morning. uh, Good morning.
3: I thought that was a little holdover from Christmas there.
2: (laughs) um AFC NFC championship games uh is this is this what we were expecting for me it is um I I thought Ravens Kansas City I, I love the Detroit Lions I picked them to win the the NFC North uh love what I saw from them so no surprise here with these four teams remaining especially considering they didn't lose their starting quarterbacks all season long where of course we know almost 20 teams did Mike let's start with you uh your thoughts on the final four teams still remaining
4: yeah, I think it's pretty close to the four best teams. I mean, you could probably put you know um, Dallas in it for me as a team that's you know obviously they were the second seed, but nonetheless, it should be um, really two great games. I actually like Kansas City today. Um, I just um, think Patrick Mahomes is playing that good, and it's um, should be great games. And the thing that really impressed me about San Francisco last week, and I think the sign of a great team is when you could play a B or B-minus game, and still win.
2: Amani?
3: Yeah, I think they're definitely the two best teams um, in both conferences. You know, I always thought Detroit was a much more physical team than, um, than Dallas, and it's a little bit of justice that what happened in the last uh, meeting between the two, Dallas and Detroit, the way that the Detroit lost the game, I thought that, that was unfair, which gave them that higher seed. So I, I definitely think that that's a, a better – a, a, a good – a, a good game, and representative of the two best teams. And if you look at the AFC, I mean, these were the two best teams. I mean, I felt like the Buffalo Bills, they were just too inconsistent throughout the year, and I knew their inconsistency would veer up at the wrong time. And that's why I felt like these are the two best teams. I, when I look at the Ravens, when I look at the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, I think the NFL couldn't ask for anything better uh, with the storylines going into this weekend. With both nfc and afc because if the ravens win you got lamar and of course if the chiefs win you got taylor swift you got uh patrick mahomes going for his you know going for greatness and if on the other side the lions if they win the first time ever in the super bowl and the niners you know um kinda really deserve because they for for the majority of the season the best team in the nfc
2: um, all right, guys, let, let's let's do a deep dive into this. We'll start off with the Kansas City and, and the Ravens game. Um, Mike's already shown his hand. Uh, I've been talking about it all week long, so I have as well. Uh, this line opened up at three. Ravens favored. Uh, then it jumped up to four, jumped up to four and a half. The over under is 44 and a half. Uh, let's start with, with the Ravens first and foremost, right? And the fact that they are the healthier team right now. They get Mark Andrews back today. They get Marlon Humphrey back today. Meanwhile, for the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, Joe is it Thuni? Am I pronouncing that properly? Joe Thoney is out. He's the number one guard in regard to pass protection. And also, let's 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 remember that Pacheco loves to run through the uh, the O and the one hole right in the middle. So, uh, you know, not sure how much success he's going to have there. And then also Willie Gay, who Spags, the defensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, uses as his quote unquote spy whenever he goes up against quarterbacks like. Uh, Like Lamar Jackson is dealing with a neck injury. Um, He was able to practice this week. I do believe he's going to play, but not 100%. Um, Amani, let's start with you. Those injuries on the Kansas City side, along with the fact that uh, the the Ravens are coming in extremely healthy, uh, you know, how does that play a role in regard to how you see this game playing out?
3: Well, I just feel like when you when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs and their defense is kind of what held them together this entire season. So if they get people out on their defense, I think um, you know their offense has proven not to be as consistent as they need to be, especially when you're going against uh, you know with the Lamar and that and that dynamic run game and what they can do both with the run and the pass. And then you have um, uh, Mark Andrews coming back is another factor that you know you need that kind of spy, that kind of athletic. Uh, defensive back uh, to be able to, to handle him in the middle. So I think anytime you have injuries at this time of year, you know, everybody has their roles already filled out, and now you're putting somebody in a different role. I think it changes the dynamic of their, what they do on defense, and maybe it'll change what Spags, uh Steve Spagnolo will do in terms of some of the calls that they would ordinarily want against a running quarterback like Lamar. The,
2: the injury is not a concern for you, Mike? Um. Sure.
4: I mean, of course they are, but um, just think greatness is about elevating those around you, and I think at the end of the day, you know, there was that 24-yard run by Patrick Mahomes last week, and, you know, maybe it's a run today that makes the difference in the game. Look, you know, Baltimore is the better team. Um, they're home. I-, I don't know how much you're going to get out of Mark Andrews today. I mean, I think it's an unbelievable story that he's back, um, but how 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 close is he, you know, to 100 um, percent? But... I just, I think Pacheco, I think they'll try to stay balanced and run the ball. And to me, uh, ultimately, like, I think this is going to come down to the fourth quarter. We talked all year about somebody else needs to step up for Kansas City. I think that's going to be Rasheed Rice. Um, and I think Travis Kelsey, you know, will be interesting. Him against Kyle Hamilton, I think that's a really good matchup.
3: Yeah, I mean, that whole defense for the Ravens is, I mean, they are swarming and they could just make it a totally lopsided game if they really come to play like they had in in this last not not in the second half of the last game and pretty much for the entire season just a real dominant group.
2: You know, here's here's another thing in looking at this matchup, right? And that is that the Kansas City Chiefs um you know, went up against the Miami Dolphins who let's be honest uh, got you know, got off the plane and was like, we don't want to play. We don't want to be here. Uh, You know, you you take those mammals and you put them in like 30 degrees below zero. Forget about it. Um, Along with the fact that they were so injury riddled on the defensive side of the ball. And then the same thing for the Buffalo bills. I, I think we can argue that this might be the best defense that the Kansas city chiefs will have faced all season long. And we saw how, um, anemic their offense was for a good portion of the season Travis Kelsey was a show of himself they had the most dropped passes in the NFL and then I just could could the past two weeks be smoke and mirrors because of how bad the 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 Dolphins and the Bills defense came into each of those those games a part of me thinks it could be Amani
3: no I agree with you I mean you know uh you know Maloney to miss him for the entire season, for them to get guy off the street, and for him to, you know, play as well as he did. But they, even in the Buffalo Bills game against the Chiefs, he got hurt. So it was one of those situations where they were trying to find anybody they could could fill in. And uh yeah, it was it was the one thing I was uh, impressed with is Isaiah Pacheco the way he runs the football, the kind of balances out that offense, but. I just don't think that he's going to have those same type of running lanes versus this, you know, they got Clowney, they got all these guys up front that are, that are difference makers on the line, and I just don't see them. I don't see the Ravens being run on uh, as much, and I don't see um, Travis Kelsey to have as much space as he did. I think it's gonna, if the Chiefs do pull this off, it's gonna be because of their young wide receivers, it's gonna be because of Rice, it's gonna be because of Sky Moore, it's gonna be because of, um, you know, uh, 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 it's gonna be because of these these wideouts making plays that they hadn't made all year. So that's why I don't think that this is gonna be a great game for the Chiefs because, you know, I haven't seen it consistently all year, we're catching the football, and usually in the biggest games, your worst wart that's been bothering you your entire season that's his catches and getting open as the wide receivers is that's going to be a problem especially against a very talented uh secondary uh, of the uh, baltimore ravens we all know breakfast is an important
5: part of your day but sometimes when you're traveling for business you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any you know what happens you grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely we've all been there
6: Now, back to New
1: York game day with Amani Tumor, Mike Tannenbaum, and Anita Marks.
5: When we talk about gritty, that's who we are. Listen, we know exactly who we are. Are we the fastest? Are we the most talented? No. But we'll bite somebody's face off when we go play them. We'll bite a kneecap too if we have to.
2: <laughs> We've heard that quote before. Aaron Glenn, biting kneecaps. Remember when Dan Campbell said that? Mike, we were all like, what? This has got to be the weirdest press conference of course, before uh, McDaniel's press conference with the Miami Dolphins, that, was, that, was, that, that took the cake. Uh, but nonetheless, um, here Dan Campbell has these guys running through brick walls. Does he not? He does. So, uh, and I think that's going to really be a, a big factor today. Uh, let's take our call before we jump into that uh, 49ers-Lions game. Let's go to Ira calling in from Staten Island. Ira, good morning. Welcome in. Welcome into New York Game Day.
5: Hey, good morning, and thank you very much for the uh, every Sunday with the football show. really enjoyed it. Sorry it's coming to an end. Um, the two games, you know, I, I get Lamar Jackson. I get the Ravens defense, but you know what? I just think Mahomes with the experience, with Andy Reid, um, I just think they're going to figure out a way to get this done. And I actually think Lamar Jackson's going to have a rough day. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs. And Anita, I know which way you, you kind of hinted, I think the Lions are going to out San Francisco. I know the 49ers are the better team, but I, I, I just think a coach like uh, Dan Campbell, I think there's a lot out there. And I, I, it's crazy to say, I think I think they can beat up the 49ers, physically beat them up, and I think their will is going to get them over the hump, and I think the Lions are going to win this game.
2: Ira, thanks for the call. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to go right there, guys. I think the Lions went out right. I really do. Uh, and, and, and here, let me state my case for you. Um, the 49ers play tight at home, and so does Kyle Shanahan. I like the fact Dan Campbell, he gambles on fourth down. Uh, going for it, I think I think the Lions are going to need to get after those seven points as opposed to those three. Uh, Quarterback-wise, Golf is going back to his home state. Um, playing with this footloose and fancy-free fun Lions team. Meanwhile, Brock Purdy uh, is, is feeling the pressure, making sure that uh, you know nobody really refers to him as Mr. Irrelevant again. Uh, even though Debo Samuel is active, I, I, he's obviously not 100%, could be used as a decoy. Christian McCaffrey is dealing with a quad issue. Their offensive line has been really shaky since the Ravens game, and this Lions team uh, in the trenches, uh, they dominate on both sides. 49ers to me have not looked the same since they lost to the Ravens should have lost to the Packers last week. In my opinion, Uh, Detroit's defense, number one against the run and number one in regard to pressure rate. So if they could contain Christian McCaffrey and get after Purdy, Brock Purdy, only a 54 completion percentage since the Ravens game. And also Detroit has a top five ranked offense uh, in, in regard to rushing the 49ers defense is soft against the run and therefore can open up some play action for Goff and, and Brown. So I, I, I just, I, I, I like the Lions here. I think the Lions pull the upset. Amani, let's go to you. Your, your thoughts.
3: Yeah, I agree with you. I think that, um, I think Detroit has a really good shot, but the fact that Jared Goff is 0-5 against the Niners, that doesn't throw you off a little bit. When he was with the, with the, with the Rams, never beat him. And now that uh, he's coming back to San Francisco, where he played college at Cal, but he's never beat the Niners um, in his entire career. It's going to be a, a mental hurdle when that, those types of things start happening. And I think the Niners are pretty good against the rush, but the pass, I mean, how are they going to stop Amon Ross St. Brown? Uh, that's what I'm really uh, looking forward to seeing, um, uh, what, what the Niners are going to be able to do. There's some great matchups here that, that I really like um is, is are the lions you know who uh overall their their um their rush defense has uh you know is, is really good but is they're number 2 overall against the against the run but against the pass um they're 27 so are they going to be able to stop Ayuk? are they going to be able to stop uh well the, it's going to really help the the lions that um, Debo Samuel's isn't going to be ready, but there's a, you know when you have an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl, you find a way to get healthy. And uh, I feel like um, I feel like that's going to be a really key matchup for the night for the uh, for the Detroit Lions. Are they going to be able to stop the wide receiving core along with uh, the, the tight end they have there as well? It's going to be it's going to be a tough. It's going to be tough for the, these uh, these Lions, I think.
2: Mike,
4: yeah, I, I like San Francisco at home again. They didn't play great last week. I'll tell you what. I've been watching football all my life, and um, I don't think I've ever saw a play last week that was, um, and, and I thought Greg Olson did a really nice job of breaking this down. Brock Purdy caught the ball, put the ball in his left hand, wiped his hand, his throwing hand, during the play, and then threw the ball. The reason I bring that up is I thought that was like sort of like illustrative of him never just being comfortable, and... Which was surprising because, you know, again, just as a reminder for our audience, you know, he was a four year starter at Ames, Iowa. So you would think going into that game, the inclement weather wouldn't have been a factor, but clearly it was. And when I look at this game and really break it down, you would say that there's excellence in three of the four units, meaning San Francisco has excellence on both sides of the ball. Detroit's offense is clearly excellent. And nobody loves Aaron Glenn more than I do. I, I hope he gets a job with the Commanders this week or the week after. Um, I work with Aaron. He played on our teams. Uh, he started a scouting career with me. Um, he's a friend. I, I think the world to him. But I don't think their back end is excellent. And I think mm-hmm. if this game was played 100 times and you simulated it, let's even say on a neutral field, over time, the, the Lions secondary, uh, Vildor – and Cam Sutton won't be able to defend those 49ers receivers. And that, to me, will be the difference in the game. Now, sure, could this be one of those games where the uh, Lions possess the ball 33, 34 minutes? Absolutely. But if this game was just played out on a neutral field, more times than not, the 49ers would win the game.
3: Yeah. I was a little surprised last week, though, watching the 49ers play how well uh, the Green Bay Packers ran the football. That was surprising. That's something that usually doesn't happen to a physical 49ers defense, especially when they ended the season number two overall against the rush. Uh, so that's what that's, you know, if the, if the Detroit Lions can get that run game going with their two-headed monsters at running backs, it could be a problem. They could change the entire tempo uh, of this football game.
2: Yeah, well, that's what I'm banking on. Uh, and, and by the way, uh, those numbers are season long. Yes. You know it's, it's really interesting and, and Amani, I'd love for you to elaborate on this. This is a much different 49ers game since they got their butts handed to them by the Baltimore Ravens at Christmas. Yes. If yes. you look if you look at them it, it's like they got punched in the face and they haven't been the same. And mm-hmm. when you look at them statistically, like like Brock Purdy, right like the narrative out there is Brock Purdy's great under pressure. Well no, he's not ever since the Ravens game, only 54 completion percentage uh, out of a clean pocket. Um, oh, the, the 49ers good against the run. Well, no, they're not. They're 29th in the NFL when you run down their gut in the middle of mm-hmm. the line. And mm-hmm. they're 31st uh, when teams run uh, zone uh, or pulling running plays. They're, mm-hmm. th- they're, they're at the bottom of the barrel so and and by the way, that's exactly what Gibbs does well. That's exactly yes. how the Lions utilize Gibbs in their rushing attack, so the yeah. matchup benefits the Lions in a huge way so you know w- 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 have you ever been on a team where you know you're 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 sailing, you're coasting, you're having a good season, all of a sudden you know you 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 meet a, an opponent and they just punch you in your gut, they punch you in your face, they knock you out, and then it takes some time to get to get back up like what do you think it happened in that game against the Ravens that this is a 49ers team that just hasn't looked the same sense
3: well I think it's a team that was the bully like every time they were making big deals about every time they pl- teams play the Niners and next week they lose that was a big thing for the last couple of years because they were just so physical now they went into a game versus the Ravens who is the Niners of the AFC and the Ravens just punched them in the mouth and they uh, are still tr- they're like the bully once they get beaten up once they get stand stood up to and everybody else in the class is like hey why am i scared of this bully he's not that big and bad or tough and you even look at that game versus the uh last weekend versus the Green Bay Packers i was shocked at how the Green Bay Packers physically you know stopped the run you know they really uh, stopped the run and for the most part except a couple of Christian McCaffrey uh, you know big step out plays but the way that they got ran on by the Green Bay Packers. And the Green Bay Packers are in the same division, so they know what it's like to play against these Detroit Lions all the time. And if I'm the Detroit Lions looking at the physical play, both the offense and defensive line uh, of last week, I'm very excited to get in there and show that these bullies really aren't as, as tough as they really are. So I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that you know every game is like a test. And what's going to be on the next week's test? What's going to be on the next week's spelling bee? If you can't spell one word, they're going to te- you're going to that's going to be on your spelling. It's going to be on the spelling test every every Sunday until you can figure out how to spell, uh, you know, the word. And that's kind of how the NFL is. Once you, you know, it's like remember Andrew Jones, the baseball player who was a Hall of Famer, and then they figured out he couldn't hit the curveball, and then all he got a steady diet of curveballs until he proved that he can hit the curveball, and that's why I'm looking at this 49ers team, and they can't feel good about being the number one seed. They can't feel good about last week's performance, barely beating the Green Bay Packers. Uh, they're not the, the dominant team. They are playing their worst football – not their worst football. They're playing. They're not playing their best football when their best football is needed. And when and the, you look at the Detroit Lions, ever since they lost to the uh, – to uh, to, the, to the to the Dallas Cowboys, they they've been playing a, a, another type of brand of football where they've been they've been uh, competing at a very high level and doing really well.
4: Yeah, Amani, I totally disagree. You know, if you go back a year ago, this team was in the championship game and literally yes, on the first play of the game, inexplicably, Kyle Shanahan puts a tight end on Hassan Reddick. And, you know, working with Rex Ryan, Rex always used to say, if you absolutely positively have to give up a sack on offense, make sure you use a tight end to block a defensive end. And I think Kyle's (laughs) a good coach. Like, I don't take anything away from Kyle, but that was a terrible matchup. And they lost Brock Purdy on the first play of the game. So Kyle Shanahan told his team something really interesting this week in the team meeting. He said, you know, guys, it's a new team, but most of you were here last year. If I told you on Wednesday, this Wednesday, that we're back to where we were and we're playing at home instead of Philadelphia, who would have signed up for that with a healthy quarterback? So I think this is a team that has a massive chip on his shoulder, feels like they really left some meat on the bone a year ago, and now they're playing at home with a really healthy quarterback. So to me they beat a really good green bay packer team a packer team that dismantled the cowboys who had previously been undefeated at home yes. and they did it by not playing great and and again to win on the road and i've been part of road teams that have gone on to championship games four playoff wins on the road and what did we we, we were able to do a couple things control the line scrimmage but play great defense and i think what's going to send detroit home today is their inability to play great defense on third down? I could just see these crossers to, you mm-hmm. know, just fill in the blank. Ayuk, mm-hmm. Juwan Jennings, you know, obviously Debo, Kittle, CMC. And to me, they don't have enough answers on the back end. They have some, Brian Baranch, Gardner Johnson, but what is Brock Purdy? He's smart. He anticipates. He'll look pre snap. He'll go to the best, you know, matchup. And that to me will be the difference of the game. Do I think Detroit will score in San Francisco? I do, but I think the more consistent matchup today is on the other side of the ball.
0: With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast.
6: Now,
1: back to New York game day with Amani Tumor, Mike Tannenbaum, and Anita Marks.
2: I want to remind you it's the final week of Superbox Bonanza uh, 5, and your last chance to get your box for the big game. All qualifiers will get a $25 Fanatics gift card and a chance at one of the Superbox prizes. Uh, listen, mornings to DPHR and Rothenberg, uh, who will lose eventually when they give us a date a money for I'd our pickle
3: buff. <laughs> Let's go. They haven't, still haven't given us a
4: date, huh? No, Amani, I try to beg them to come on today. They won't even come on. Wow. This is
2: what I, this is what I heard. Well, let me get through this read and then we can dis- discuss it. Um, afternoons to Barton Hahn and the Michael K show. This year's big game payout $500 for the first and third quarters, a thousandth a half. And of course the final score payout $2,000. All brought to you by Tullamore Do Irish Whiskey and the brand new Tullamore Do Honey. Security Dodge, come get some. And for full contest details, go to superboxbananza.com. So from what I understand, uh, they are prolonging this because uh, they're, they're practicing and trying to hone their skills. This is what, this is, this is what, Joe, did you tell me this or did Harvey say this yesterday? Harvey, Harvey said that, that they're, they're, they're prolonging this so that they could go out and, and, and improve their pickleball skills. Nothing.
4: I think um, we should force a deadline. Say we're playing in Vegas around the Super Bowl.
2: So, so just FYI, Vegas is going to have twenty, so something like twenty-five to thirty pickleball courts. They're actually going to have a pickleball tournament with celebrities uh, the week of the Super Bowl. So, um, and I I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be like in the convention center, like near Radio Row or something like that. So. Uh, look for that. Uh, pickleball is definitely going to be front and center um, during the Super Bowl, so that would have been ideal. But you know, obviously, a little late for that. Hopefully, hopefully, we could get this match going. Uh, that would be nice. Let's go out to our phone lines. We got Brian calling in from Milburn. Brian, welcome in. Good morning. Welcome in to New York Game Day.
5: Hey, how you uh, how you how you doing today, Anita? Um... I don't quite understand how would you think the Lions would go to, to the 49ers to leave our stadium and outphysical physical the Niners. But they can, they can run, but you think how physical the Niners? Yeah. You said that. Hold
2: on. You said <laughs> that money, you said, yeah.
5: Hold on. Hold on. You said that they were broke since Baltimore beat them. Let me tell you sir. Patrick McQueen got up there and said in the press conference, oh, we didn't want to play outside of football Um, and play like, you know, or basketball, or football, but you know what? Guess what? They're all physical. He made sure he said that. Yeah, we they don't play, but they are physical. He made sure he put a respect on our name. He beat us before we put respect on our name. Neither. I don't know what you got to power with Brock Purdy. That, yes, Last week he played like crap, no doubt. But when we needed him for that last drive, in the rain, six for seven, and he drove our team down the field and won it, and won the game.
2: Okay, Brian, 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 I respect your opinion. You're a fan. I appreciate the call. Let's see what happens. Let's see how this game plays out. And you're more than welcome to call back. We'll be back here. Same bat channel, same bat time. Uh, We will be back here next Sunday and feel free to call in. I will either eat crow or, uh, you know, or you will be eating crow. So one of us is going to be right. That's for sure. Um, I just think numbers don't lie. And th- this is a Lions team. I-, I think Hutchinson, it's one of my favorite prop bets out there, by the way. Hutchinson getting one sack, you can get it minus 110. So, what does that mean? For every $110 down, you get back $100 if Hutchinson gets one sack. And I think he is going to get a sack today. Uh, let's go to D in Queens. D, welcome in.
5: Hello. The only other human that I heard in the media from Jump believed in Lamar Jackson. <laughs> like the Jets, the Jets, the Jets. Who should you're the only person who ever said, Yeah, just should trade down because everyone's being stupid with Lamar and go get Lamar." And we're two weeks away from seeing that fully realized because I think today is going to be a beat down. I don't know why everybody's not seeing what this is. Okay, Baltimore is on a historic run and everyone's acting. Oh my homes, my homes, my homes. Show me a show me a top team. The Ravens have been stomped out. Not beaten this year, stomped this year. Like, literally stepped on their heads and kept going. Like, it's over. What are we talking about
4: here? Yeah, I, I, it's funny you say that. I uh, I actually called the Detroit Lion-Raven game, and the Ravens just dismantled the Lions that day. Now, that was obviously several months ago, but um, <clears throat> here's the thing about Lamar that I think is really cool And we'll be getting into the draft conversations here, you know, in the coming weeks and months. And one of the things I think really applies in the draft process is the tape sets the floor and the character sets the ceiling. And what I mean by that is how hard is a player going to work at getting better, working at their craft? And as a rookie, Lamar Jackson completed 58% of his passes, which isn't good enough. This year, he was at 67%. I think what's really cool about that, guys, is this. Lamar Jackson's character, we see his ability every week. The the hard part about running a draft is to know the intangibles of the players you're getting. You have to have unbelievable character to work as hard as Lamar's worked, to go up nine percentage points, which is a lot. And he's become a very accurate passer, and he deserves a ton of credit for that.
2: You know, his mother played women's professional football.
3: I did not know that (laughs) that's
2: not only not only only does she serve as his agent uh, she played women's professional football yeah he's he's from uh, he's down there he's uh, he's from Miami so um, I'm sure her and my paths crossed at some point in time I I, I don't recall Mm. so um, but uh, apparently that's where he he learned a lot of his football skills as a young child was 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 from his mom which I think is really really cool.
3: Yeah, it's funny because when you, I, I used to talk a lot with Mark Ross, who is assistant general manager of the, of the, of the, um, of the Giants, mm-hmm. and I just pick his brain about what he's thinking about in the draft, and what he said is, if quarterbacks throw a lot of interceptions in the college, they're probably going to throw a lot of interceptions in the pros, and if quarterbacks don't have a high completion percentage in college, more often than not, they're not going to have a high completion percentage in the pros. Unless you get the outliers, like Mike was saying, like like that uh, that really work on their game. And there's there's a very few people that are going to approach the game the same way in which they approached it after they are a first-round pick and they get all the trappings and they get all the accolades. Um, uh, because you know a lot of first-rounders don't make it, not because they're not good enough, because they just come to the come to the NFL and think that they've arrived and this team really wanted me and. I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to keep on doing what I did to get here, and I'm going to be great. And that is the worst thing you could do as a player. In the NFL, when you come in, you got to realize you're behind the eight ball, and you've got to work very hard. So another thing about Lamar that I, that I just, you know, I'm really impressed about is he just has this, this um, focus to where he doesn't – like what most people would just be satisfied and, you know – and rest on their laurels he won an mvp he keeps he won an mvp he's won the heisman trophy i heard he keeps it in his closet in bubble wrap and he has a place already set up in his house where he wants to put the super bowl trophy so he is laser beam focused on that and even on day one when he came in the nfl his first thing they said when he got drafted about being from being on the the ravens and they asked what are you going to get out of lamar and he said you're going to get a super bowl out of me and he has not wavered from that and that's just the vision that you can't really you can't really you can't really quantify especially when you get all these meetings i could just imagine how hard it is mike when you're sitting in these meetings and you have all these players who are coached up into into saying the right thing uh, the absolute right thing how do you how do you decipher what's real and what's fake like how do you Say, "Oh, this guy's full of crap. This guy's telling me the truth. I really... How does that happen?"
4: Yep, great question, and um, that goes for coaching interviews as well. I think I made a lot of mistakes early on, especially when players would talk about if they had a bump in the road with drugs or alcohol. They'd always say, "Hey, you know, I made a mistake. I learned from it. It'll never happen again." And after about hearing that for about eight years, I finally got smart. We hired um, professional psychologists in terms of like really just revamping our approach and we went to like a behavioral based interview process and what i mean by that is like one of the questions we would say is you'll give us an example of when you've worked hard at something but were unsuccessful you know give us something give us an uh, an example of when you went into a meeting and someone changed your mind and literally sometimes amani just their body language on how they would answer those questions you would see if they're coachable Or if they were a coach, you know, could they take input from others? So it's, um, and the other thing is, and I'm a big believer in this, way beyond sports, by the way, is in life, like who you are, your true character is how you treat people that can't help you. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dan Campbell told a really cool story the other day, guys. I I don't know if you heard it, but it's worth repeating. So as part of the pre-draft process, there's a lot of like private workouts as you get closer to the draft. And the year that Baker Mayfield came out, um, he was the tight ends coach for the New Orleans Saints. He worked out Mark Andrews at the University of Oklahoma. And the person who threw the balls in that workout was Baker Mayfield. That never happens because if you're a top 10 quarterback, you're you're very careful of like who you throw to resting your arm. And the fact that he did that tells you the type of character that Baker Mayfield has.
2: Great, great insight, Uh, giving us a peek behind the curtain there, Mike, in in regard to what happens, Uh, of course, at the combine and teams have about a good, you know, ten minutes if they're lucky with with a number of these players that they want to draft and the importance of those questions uh, that are that are asked.
6: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Splash! Shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Now, back to
1: New York game day with Amani Tumor, Mike Tannenbaum, and Anita Marks. Get ready for Amani's Keys to Victory.
2: That's right, it's time for Amani's Keys to Victory, brought to you Let's by go. Infinity... Talking about the Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, We'll start with that game first. Uh, Let's start with uh, the Ravens. Since they're hosting, Amani, what do the Ravens need to do in order to seal the deal and win this today?
3: Uh, The Ravens, definitely, obviously, uh, the first and foremost is the best player on that team, which is Patrick Mahomes. The Ravens are going to definitely have to figure out a way to confuse, rush, and uh, really cover on the back end Uh, Make sure that there's not wide open receivers. Make sure Travis Kelsey is taken away so that these young receivers who have been uh, inconsistent the entire season, like Rice, like Sky Moore, uh, are are going to have uh, a lot of the weight of this game on their shoulders. And the the Ravens are definitely going to have to stop the run and make this Kansas City Chiefs one-dimensional. It sounds kind of strange. You're going to make the Kansas City Chiefs, one-dimensional, a team that has one of the best quarterbacks that we've seen in a long time and Patrick Mahomes, but every quarterback uh, is never going to be the same if he's hit, if he's rushed, if he doesn't have a place to go with the ball. And uh, usually in these types of games, you're going to figure out, you know, is there a guy, is Rice going to come back and have the same type of season? He's uh, the, the end of this, the last couple games of the season and, and go on this real run that he's been on and, and, and have himself be – the number one wide out uh, uh, option. Uh, so I think that's going to be a key uh, for the Ravens is to make them make the Kansas City Chiefs one-dimensional and force these young receivers to make big plays. Also, uh, if, you're the, uh, if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, what you have to do is really test what Lamar... How, how well is Lamar really... Uh, you got to figure out how, how, how well is he uh, adapted uh, to this new passing style offense, to, the, to being a more traditional passer. Um, because we all know that you know, he has a tendency to get hot-headed at times, frustrated with his teammates. I think he's been a lot better now, but in playoff situations when the things are at the most, that's when you've seen him lose his cool. And uh, they got to get to Lamar and make sure. The Kansas City Chiefs have to make sure Lamar is, some, is, is confused. And I know that Spags has history of confusing quarterbacks. He confused Tom Brady when we won the Super Bowl a couple times uh, uh, in 07-08 season. So I feel like uh, Lamar is going to – I think Lamar is going to have a very big role in, in, in the way this team wins, not only just how he's going to run the ball, but how is he going to run this, this entire offense um, because of the fact that, you know, this is going to be a defensive coordinator on the Bill Belichick kind of, uh, you know, in terms of creating one-day game plans. I don't know if there's that many better defensive coordinators than, than Steve Spagnuolo. Um, and, and that's going to be a big – it, you know, is because Lamar has a lot more freedom in what he can do in terms of changing out plays, calling protections in this new style offense, and we're going to see how well he's mastered that. It's going to be a big game for him because this can set his career off as just being like a, like a, like a, is he just like a guy that is fancy and has a lot of. Uh, you know, pizzazz, or is he a quarterback that can actually win a Super Bowl, take his team to a Super Bowl and, and ultimately win the big game? No quarterback has ever, it's never been a quarterback like Lamar, you know, the Michael Vicks, the, 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 um, the Randall Cunninghams, you know, there's never been a running quarterback. The only real running quarterback that consistently runs and won a Super Bowl has been Um, you know, that's Steve Young and it it hasn't really happened that often. Most of these quarterbacks are pocket passers that go to the big game and win. So this is, this will change NFL history if he, and and change the way people see quarterbacks because in this this league, they only look at what is winning. And it's funny, luckily when I was coming out, the, 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 the Dallas Cowboys and Michael Irvin. So everybody wanted bigger receivers. <laughs> so that, that was good for me uh, and the way I uh, came up. So this is one of the things that's going to change. It will really make a huge dramatic effect, especially on guys like Jaden Daniels coming out. So I think this is a really big game for, uh, for Lamar and for these, this, these running style quarterbacks uh, moving forward.
2: Really yeah. quick, um, yeah. give, me, give, me, give me one or two nuggets that you feel need to happen for Kansas City for them to win this matchup.
3: They gotta make make Lamar uncomfortable, like I like I say. They're also um, you're gonna have to match up with this team physically and be able to run the football consistently with Isaiah Pacheco, even though he's been a little banged up. That's gonna be a big key. If this Kansas City Chiefs team Chiefs team can run the football and uh, and keep this this and not allow the defensive line for the Ravens just to like pin their ears back and go after. Patrick Mahomes, that's going to be a big deal. And keeping the ball out of Lamar's hands, that's going to be something that the Kansas City Chiefs need to really consider and, uh, because you know, they, 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 he is a, a game wrecker, and he is going to have to uh, you know, have one of his best games. And I think that's what the, one, the main goal that, this t- that Kansas City needs to do is kind of really try to get into the mind of Lamar.